Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos, tres. Good evening, Martin. From the, it's the Algarve I'm looking out over at the moment. I'm in the exotic location of Bramall. Uh, that is that is exotic. I've got, I'll tell you what I've got in front of me. A Portuguese Indian pale ale goes by the name of Coruja. And it's got a picture of an owl on the front, so it's got to be good. Owl beer. You can't beat an owl beer. Owl beer is what the owls drink. You are listening to Chris in Portugal and me in Bramall for your latest edition of County Live, which is very exciting. The fact that we're apart never stops us from bringing you this podcast. Where have we been? We've we've been in different sides of the earth before, haven't we? We have. You've been in Egypt when we recorded, some place called London, even. We've done London a few times. We did a toilet cubicle once on the way to Wales. Did a toilet cubicle. You did a toilet cubicle on the way to Wales, yeah. So, yeah, as I said, we'll stop at absolutely nothing. Uh, Chris, a, a great week for the Hatters. Oh, you know, um, I've said in my programme notes, and I'll say it to Jim, uh, we should point out we've not spoken to Jim Gannon yet. That's, that is still to come. Um, but I'll be saying to him uh, as well later that the first three games of the season, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of positive spin. There was, you know, we did really well against teams that were really well equipped from the division above which is true you know they, they Yeovil and Notts County come down from the level above um, and Maidenhead we played really well just didn't take anything from the game you know it was nice to get uh, a point at Yeovil and Notts County and over the grand scheme of things they'll, that'll, that'll turn out to be good results but it just it just grated a little bit that we didn't have a victory to show for all that hard work and finally we do against a good side in Barrow and a team that made us work a team that made us grind out a victory. And uh, like you say, it's that, that is, is proof in the pudding that hard work pays off and it results in positivity around the club. So start with Saturday. Again, you know, hard fought, another, another good side. We're going to be saying this all season, even the, you know, even the clubs below us, and they're all good clubs. But, you know, we feel that County are capable of beating any of them. And But, you know, we have to say that any of them are capable of giving us a good game. So another good result really to set us up for Tuesday night talk talk about how you saw Saturday first uh, interesting game similar to Notts County you know this could be a little bit of a running theme through the course of the season that the first half County find their the backs up against the wall a little bit and um, you know they've got to play their way out of trouble a few times but um, they did just that the second half they grow into the game maybe not all the way to half time you know maybe maybe half an hour in they, they start to grow into the game start passing it around nicely applying pressure of their own bringing all the players into the game like we've seen Jim Gannon sides do throughout the seasons he's been with County moving the ball around and you know getting it out wide then getting it back central spraying balls around from the middle of the park so on and so forth and that was exactly what happened and it was similar to Notts County where you just felt if the game had been another 10 minutes or so uh, longer we'd probably be talking about 3 points to County but the game isn't 10 minutes longer it's 90 minutes so you, you have to kind of accept a draw as a fair result. I thought uh, it was a very odd tactic, um, time-wasting and strong tackles from a Yeovil side who have come down from a division uh, above. They've, they've completely changed their setup uh, from when County played there in the Cup last year. You know, different team almost entirely. But the fact that the manager comes out after the game and says, I was telling my players to be more violent. Well, what... 
what does that tell your new team? If you bring players in, what philosophy are you selling? If you're a, if you're a player looking to come to Stockport County and you meet and speak with a manager, and the manager says this is our brand of football, you know that you're going to learn something. You're going to use, you know, you're going to feel that tactical knowledge coming through, and you know, you, there's a game plan. If you've got a manager telling you we've just been relegated and now we're going to get violent. I, <laughs> It beggars belief why players would want to go and play there, but they they've done that to get a point. You know, some ridiculous fouls. I remember two hands uh, on um, on Elliot Osborne. I think it was as he broke through just to stop the run, or maybe Frank Mulhern just to stop his run. I thought. I know some will say that this is a little uh, exaggerating, or maybe it's a little over exaggerated, but I do think that should be a red card rather than a yellow because. The deterrent needs to be there. That if, if a man has beaten you and he's running through, and it's not a, an exact goal-scoring opportunity, but it's still a good, strong run, you can't just put two hands on him and pull him back because he's beaten you. It's not That shouldn't be in the, in the laws of the game. He got away with a booking, which he probably knew he was going to get. He took one for the team, and, and, and he's happy to go away and say, well, we stopped a goal-scoring opportunity there, maybe saved the game. But from a spectator's point of view, no, it's not what you want to see, and I'm happy County got the point. I'm... You know, if anything, I, I would have liked to have seen them just get a little bit more. You move on to Tuesday, and um, they've been hit on the break early on. County gone behind, and you know, usually you would think that's maybe where teams' heads go down. That's where the, the momentum is lost, and uh, you know, you, you tend to lose uh, quite a bit of ground, really. But they've stuck to the guns, come back and played their way into the game again. Absolutely peppered the Barrow half. I've got to say, for those who for those of us for those who criticise us from time to time, Martin, I wasn't at the game, but I was listening to John Kieran, which is as good as being there. And um County by the by the sounds of things were, were all over Barrow and again a deserved victory. I'm old enough to remember Barrow being in the football league. How about that? Yeah, firstly the Yeovil comment, um the manager's comment about, you know, being a violent team. That's such a strange word to choose. I mean not strange, you know, when you saw the way they played. It's clearly what, but also you think, well, you know, referees aren't stupid. They read media, they see things. If you're setting your stall out to be violent, the referee turns up at the match already thinking that you're going to be violent. So that's a very strange approach. Well, well, I, I, I said, I think, I think I said on air, uh, and then again on Twitter during the week that if if a Premier League manager comes out and says that, think of Jose Mourinho at Chelsea and at Man United, or. You know, whoever you want, Steve Bruce at Newcastle. If he comes out and says that on match of the day, I want teams to be more violent. The Premier League are going to hook him right in Monday morning, uh, disciplinary, and it, rightly, rightly so. Won't happen at our level. I, I'd be surprised if it did, but it should do. It has to. What kind of example does that set? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, and as you said, the other thing is um, very similar. The last three games really very similar. Where. County have gone behind, maybe not deserved to go behind, but then have had to fight back and have really found the resilience to do that. And that surely bodes well for that kind of scrap that they're going to face this season. Well, you know, resilience was a, a key factor, really, in, um, in, the, in the title-winning season last season. You've got to remember Christmas last year, County were, what, 12th, 11th in the league? And they had to show remarkable character to turn that around and... Uh, and fight the way back up to the top of the league. And you've gone into the level above, you've kept 90% of the squad together. You've brought in one player who, certainly at the start of the season, uh, has looked to have been nothing more than a fringe player. I'm sure he'll work his way in at some point. Um, and then a low knee. Uh, and you've only let two players go. 
So, you know, we know that character's there. We saw it all last season. Uh, and it's a fool that writes off uh, any county team, really, under, under Jim Gannon. But, they, you know, other sides have got their strengths and qualities. And we've seen the first three teams deny county of a, a victory. You know, one of them denied them of even a point or even a goal. So, uh, yeah, over the course of the season, you look at teams, you know, when Fylde come to town, when Harrogate come to town... You know, there's going to be tough games, and these are not glamorous sides. Notts County and, and even Yeovil, to an extent, there's you know a slight bit of glamour and class there, given the the league history and pedigree and, and everything else. Hartlepool or another one, Chesterfield will be another one. But when you get just these kind of minnow teams that have all of a sudden had um, a thunder whack put into them, there's, there's you're going to have to show a little bit more than resilience. And I think County is starting to show that they can do that as well. They can play uh, just as they can battle. Chris, I tell you what. You need to get the kids to bed, because if you don't get the kids to bed, then you're not going to be able to enjoy any more of that excellent Portuguese elephant beer. It's not going to drink itself. <laughs> I think I think I need to I think I need to go and get I'm nearly out of this one. And I've just done that really annoying thing where I put my hand on something and I've got black dust all over it. I don't know what it is. But yeah, no, it's lovely. It's lovely overlooking the Algarve. Santo Antonio Golf Resort or something. So um check it out. I'll I'll put a picture online as well. Sounds totally made up, but you go and do that and we'll finish the show tonight with your in- with your interview with Jim. So, good night, Chris. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, mate. See you soon. Well, Jim, uh, a win under the belt for the first time this season in the league must feel pretty good looking back against Barrow. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's certainly... Um Builds on the positivity from the previous games um, and uh, the confidence boost for everybody. Because uh, obviously uh, we'd had a an okay start in terms of performance, but obviously in terms of points, we were a little bit disappointed. Um, so it's just nice now to get those three points on and move into a, a position that's probably a little bit more respectable and uh, appreciative of the efforts and points we've collected. The first three games, no wins to show for it, but a lot of positivity. Uh, we'll speak about Yeovil in a moment. Um, you know, the team playing well, coming from behind, um, a lot of nice passing, staying in games, etc., etc. Was it a relief to see three points finally put up on the board? Yeah, I think that was one of the emotions. Um, I think we were all a little bit disappointed and flat after the home game. Uh, the expectation was so high. Um, it was a hot day. Cameras, Maidenhead um, game, managed it, took the goal. Uh, but I thought we responded really well in the next two games, which are tough games away from home at full-time outfits. Um, but we showed great energy, good fitness, um, good tactical now. So we changed shapes, um, substitutions come on, and we kept getting stronger as the game went on in both of those matches and deserved the point we got. And we took a lot of positives from those games. But again, albeit that we we only had two points from three games, but I think that we we built on that on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, relief is one word, but also immense uh, satisfaction and pride in the way we went about our business. The whole energy, the place was great, fantastic crowd for Tuesday night, really vocal, loads of energy, and I think both teams played some great football. So it made not just a, a great night in terms of three points, but in terms of entertainment, excitement, and. It feels like we're at another level in terms of football, uh, which we can all enjoy. You mentioned a couple of times in recent interviews that the transfers over the summer was very, that the policy was very much about keeping the champions together. They'd earned this right to compete. 
do, do you feel a little maybe justified is the wrong word but can you can people see now how that's playing out given that they've had to be resilient they've had to show fight and togetherness to get through some of these tough tests and now it's starting to bear fruit um, I think it's a long hard season we know that we've got a very demanding year ahead but I look back at last year and I think there's eight or nine of our players that were a core group that played a massive part in a lot of games last season so we know we've got that core group of strength and resilience and physical condition and tactical strength. Um, I guess the challenge was the, the, the where we lost a couple of players, whether the younger players could step into the fold. But no, um, I think we've all we've all stepped up, all rising to the challenge. I think the the structures that we built last year, the, the fitness levels that we have against full time sides, and the fact that we're coming back and scoring the last goal in the last three games. Um, isn't just built upon a good pre-season. It's been built upon conditioning that has been done throughout last season and the season before when we turned into this hybrid team. And this year we stepped up the strength of position in the summer. We started a little bit earlier. And we've challenged anybody to get to the next level. And I think a lot look like full-time players to look as fit and strong and as dynamic and durable as any full-time players. Which is a massive credit to both our staff and them. And that's given us the platform um, along with the fact that they all know each other, they all know me, they all know what we're looking to achieve in games. And I think that certainly, we, we look like a team, and that was really important going into this season. And we certainly look more, a better team now than we did at the start of last season. Now it's a question of us adding some players and adding some value to players and then just getting better and better as the season goes on, and we'll just see where that journey takes us. Well, one player you you did add to the you did add into the group over the summer was Ben Jackson. Uh, he's caught the eye. I think it's fair to say a few fans impressed with Ben from what they've seen in the first few games of the season. He looks very attacking. He can get back. He's got great pace. Not afraid to get across. In how impressed are you with the the lone left back? I've been really really impressed with him. Um, I mean, obviously we we added Alex Curran and uh, Ben Jackson. Ben Jackson had a little bit, despite his age, had a little bit more full-time training. Uh, he's also had a lot of experience in the National North with Darlington, so he's got a taste of it. So he's, he's a step ahead in terms of preparation for this level. Um, obviously, uh, he came to us a little bit later than we expected in pre-season. Um, and by that stage, I think Sam Minahan and Dan Cowell were in really good shape and, and filling, filling the hole of left-back really well. Um, but I think we've introduced um, Ben um, and, and we're trying to build up his uh, his fitness, his match fitness, and his, uh, his match durability. Uh, we've seen the other night that he, he was getting cramped, um, but it's no surprise when you look at the stats, the amount of work he's gone through, the amount of sprint distances, and the top speed he gets to. Um, but I think he's a kid that I think has got a great future ahead of him, and I'm, he's one that I think um, that we've brought into fill a hole. Um, and I think, in terms of value for money and potential, it's a far better side than what we had last year. He's a young lad learning his trade in, in many ways. He's come to the National from Huddersfield Town. He's, he, you know, his, his ambition is clearly there. We look back to the Yeovil game and you hear comments from the manager afterwards talking about how he wants his team to adopt a violent approach to games. Now, I know that you've worked with a, a lot of young players over the years and I know that the division has it's got a fair crop of young players. How does it make you feel when you, you know, you're trying to bring players through and play the game properly, but you hear other managers speaking with that tone? Well, I think, um, you know, I'm assuming, uh, I haven't seen the manager in operation um, and the way that he is as a personality. Um, 
surprised that he's getting allowed to say stuff like that. I mean, we all want this. So we all know that football is a very competitive industry, a uh, very physical game. We all love the physical side of it, whether that be two lads going for an aerial challenge, two lads going in for tackles, two lads racing for a ball. We all love that side of the game. But to use the word violent, I think, has gone beyond uh, the realms of what should be acceptable in football. Um, I mean, th- th- what I always say to my players is about um, having maximum aggression but maximum control. You have to look at boxing, martial arts and other uh, sports where uh, we're playing with absolute intensity and physicality and aggression, but with total control and discipline. And I think that's the key. But uh, I think the word violence suggests that you're asking the players to go above and beyond the laws of the game. Um, and that's not the... the I, I wouldn't condone that in a professional world. Uh, you know, there's too, footballers' careers are short enough as it is, and there's too many good young players, their careers have been destroyed by such violence. Um, so, but look, we, we go about our business, and I think one of the things that stood out from Tuesday night was the comments from their guys, uh, who were quite complimentary, not just about how we went about the game, but the fact that we're trying to play football, we're trying to play what football should look like, and, it, and not making it a physical battle, not making it a game for set plays. And I think uh, oh, we, we've got very strong beliefs and principles about how we want the game to be played, and I think that's shown in terms of both our success in terms of fair play awards, in terms of our disciplinary record, but also in the brand of football we play, and how much it's more enjoyable that is to see and watch unfold. So we'll keep doing what we're doing, and leave... Um, the dinosaurs to make their comments and play the game as they see fit. Um, but the game is changing so much now that things like that won't be tolerated in the future. No, I tend to agree with that notion. Let's speak about um, Tuesday night then and the positivity um, that, that comes from such a win. It just so happens that the next game is at home as well. Are you looking forward to that now that you've had that, that, that the last outing, if you like, was a, a good home win? Does that set you up ready for Saturday? Um, very much so. I think the first comments I made in my programme was about um, just can't wait for Saturday to come around. When, you, when you, you're involved with games like Tuesday night, regardless of the win, it's just the, the atmosphere. and it, That's why people come to football matches, and that's why we'll be all there on Saturday, just loving it again. Um, it'll be a different challenge. Um, Easily a little bit more uh, solid, a little bit more physical. Um, you know, they play perhaps a slightly different game than Barrow. Um, and you've got to respect that the, the, the challenges will go up now in terms of the, the next three, four, five games. We're going to be playing teams that win the playoffs. So, you know, credit to East, mm-hmm. a fantastic year last year. Uh, they'll be disappointed with their return of points and goals, especially on the road. So they'll be wanting to make them into that. Um, they'll be looking at Barrow's way of playing and look at Maiden Heads, and they'll probably come and, and be solid and professional that like you'd expect any team away from home so it's going to be a huge challenge for us um, but I think based upon what we've seen on Tuesday I think we're looking forward to getting out on Edge Park and, and playing some really bright and exciting football and hopefully uh, we do as well as we did on Tuesday night and get another positive result because we're going to need those points on the board um, not just to give us a platform of confidence but to give us that belief going into the more challenging games that are going to be coming the finals, the Vexams was all, all ahead in the future for us and you can see from some of the results in the league that we're going to be facing some really difficult fixtures um, I think Maidenhead um, County, Yeovil, Barrow they'll all be uh, good solid teams in this division and uh, so I certainly expect Eastleigh to be so um, the challenge in bars keeps, keeps 
Gian Rees, and hopefully our players keep keep rising to that challenge. Well, just finally then, Jim, just give us a uh, an outline, if you would, on the physical shape of County going into the the weekend. Um, but we're we're in good shape. Obviously, everybody was aware was aware of Darren Stevenson, um, and I think he's looking forward to getting out of that cast and uh, starting to put a little bit of weight on his bones and walk around, which is the first uh, important step for any players out of injury, just to, to get back moving around and feeling like you're, you're normal again. Um, we've also got a scan through on Sam Walker, which has revealed that it's neither a hernia or a straightforward stomach injury. It's, uh, it's something... Uh, public information that we just have to manage. So he'll have a protocol for the next two or three weeks just to, to deload and allow him to recover while keeping his aerobic fitness. So I think we'll, we'll not have those two players for the next couple of games. Um, but given the shape of the 17-man squad we had on Tuesday and the way the lads went about the business, uh, we're excited that we've, we've got enough on in terms of squad. Um, but I will say that we, we are actively looking to add players because um, I don't think we're short at the moment, um, but I think that you can see the little strains that the, the intensity of games and the physicality would have on our players. So we do have to protect our players and support players as we go forward. And I think one or two extra bodies coming in over the next month or so will certainly enhance the group and support them. It's not a question of replacing them, it's a question of just giving ourselves more options so that when players have slight injuries they can sit out. Uh, if players are, are dipping in form because of fatigue, we can pull them off. And uh, We did that really well at Yeovil in terms of the way that we managed Sam Walker and Adam Thomas and Noel Bell. And I think you've seen the benefits of that in terms of Adam Thomas, the energy he played with on Tuesday night. So we want to be in a position where we can have a, a few extra bodies and a little bit more ability to rotate at the right time. And uh, So I'm looking forward to the team being in good shape and getting stronger over the coming weeks. It's a big game, Mustafa. Did you have as ever? All the very best. Thanks so much.